1: Sponsored by the Law Office of Robert Bergman. Welcome to Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, San Jose estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. Bob's been practicing law for over 30 years and is certified by the State Bar of California as a legal specialist in estate planning trust and probate law. Bob is here to help you set your house in order with valuable insights you can use today to prepare a better tomorrow for your loved ones. And now your host for Plan Your Estate Radio, attorney Bob Bergman.
2: Good afternoon, Bay Area. This is your host, Bob Bergman, broadcasting from my palatial office in San Jose, California. First of all, I'd I'd like to uh, address the, um, the obvious elephant in the room. Uh, I want to say congratulations to our law authorities for locating and hopefully catching the the person that perpetrated all the the bomb scares and all the bomb mailings and threats. That kind of thing has no place in this country. It has no place in our political process, and I hope they found the right person and there wasn't anybody else involved and that they prosecute this person to the full extent of the law. Completely unacceptable behavior. And, by the way, I don't care which side of the political spectrum you're on or if you're dead in the center. I'm glad that they did what they did. I'm glad they caught this person. And uh, and maybe we can kind of get past this and focus on everything at hand that needs to be done in this country maybe start working together a little bit more. Um, <clears throat> Now, uh, today in my office here, I actually have one of my children with me. She uh, is not well, and because uh, Mom wasn't available to stay with her at home today, I brought her into my office today. So sometime during the show, I might have her come on and at least say hi to you all out there. But um, if she does that, I'll let her know ahead of time. Okay, she's sipping some water right now. She thinks she's going on the air right now. Not yet, sweetheart, maybe later in the show. You just go ahead and go back to reading or something, and then I'll let you know. So, um, first of all, if you'd like to call in today, I know last week uh, Last week, I had a rebroadcast of an earlier show that was an interview with the head of Options for All, an organization that helps developmentally disabled adults. Uh, I was playing hooky that day. Because I was down visiting Mickey and his friends in Disneyland uh, with my wife and kids. And we had a good time. Uh, But it's good to be back on the air sitting in the chair here talking to all of you out there. If you'd like to call in today with any questions or comments, the number is 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. You can also email me at radio at lawbob.com. That's radio at lawbob, L-E-W-B-O-B dot com. <clears throat> now, those of you who have been listening for a while, you know that I regularly do seminars in my office and then sometimes out in the community as well. I want to let you know that not tomorrow, but Saturday next week, November 3rd, I'll be doing two seminars in my office. The first one will be my Living Trust Seminar, which is very popular. I uh, go through what Living Trusts are and what we use them for. But the second one later that morning will be my Retirement Plan Trust Seminar. So listen up, those of you who have IRAs and 401k plans, especially if they're a pretty good size, and you have kids you want to pass them on to, this would be a great seminar for you to attend for that. Because I talk about... Qualified retirement plans, what happens to them when you pass away, and the way that can be done to protect those plans for your heirs from being lost through any number of things, from divorcing spouses to bankruptcy to lawsuits, you name it. Uh, That's what that seminar is about, a special type of planning called the Retirement Plan Trust, and I'll be giving that second seminar a week from tomorrow. That'll be November 3rd. In my office to register, you can go to eventbrite.com, search for the Living Trust Seminar, search for the Retirement Plan Trust Seminar, and you'll see the upcoming seminars you can go through. Register there right away to make sure you have a spot that is reserved for you. I can only take about 15 people for each seminar in my office, so if you'd like to come, you should register right away and make sure you get your spot. Now, over the past several weeks, I have been covering a lot of issues that I see arising throughout the state of California. I actually pull these from a service that I belong to where people ask questions or set up situations, and then they want advice from an attorney such as myself. So I'm going to cover some more of those today, and uh, if someone does call in at 800-516-1220, We'll take that call during the day. Hopefully, uh, at least a couple of you will call. I had a great call a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I found it's um, much more interactive and much more entertaining when I have someone to actually talk to on the air. So please, give me a call if you'd like to talk with me today. But I'm going to go on with some more of these questions and comments from me from around the state of California. Now, here's actually a pretty straightforward one. It says, Mom passed away this year. She had life insurance, but she didn't name a beneficiary on her life insurance. So who gets the benefits? Now, it says, Mom remarried three years ago, and I'm the only child. Well, for this person right there asking me this question, I would tell them that in the absence of a beneficiary designated on Mom's life insurance it's going to get paid to her estate. If mom had a living trust in place, it's possible that the insurance could end up being directed into her trust using a special petition in the court called a Hegstat petition. Given where this is located, which appears to be Sacramento, California, That might very well be possible if there's some kind of written evidence that mom intended things like this life insurance to go into her trust. But if she doesn't have a trust, we fall back on what's called the laws of intestate succession. That's fancy legal terms for who gets your stuff when you die if you didn't have an estate plan of some kind. The laws of intestate succession would say that this insurance is going to end up being divided 50-50 between this person's stepfather and the person themselves. This is because there's only one child. Just as a side note, if there were two or more children, one-third would go to the stepfather and two-thirds would be divided between the other children. It doesn't matter if there's two children or ten, they would share two-thirds between them. Now here's someone that says, hey, I'm the trustee and executor of my sister's will and trust. One of the beneficiaries has stepped in and is doing my job without being asked, is this okay? How do I get her to stop? Well, first of all, it's completely not okay for the beneficiary to step in and try and do the trustee and executor's job. Um, Help out if you're asked, but not try to do the job. How you get the person to stop is pretty much just tell them this is not your job. And if, you, and if you try to do things that are not your job and take actions or talk with people and pretend you're in charge, um, I will take whatever action is necessary, either without legality or, if necessary, I'll go to court and get a court order demanding that you stop, that you cease and desist interfering with my job. The trustee is the one that's in charge of a trust after someone dies, not a beneficiary. And this beneficiary probably needs a gentle reminder or to be gently told. And if gentle is not good enough, then it probably needs to be more forceful. So we're coming up on the first break of the day. Uh, probably been another 30, 45 seconds or something like that. If you'd like to give me a call, you could call now and hold over the break. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. 516 1220 So I'll be coming out after the break and talking more about questions and comments from around the state of California. I hope you're enjoying the show so far, and I'll talk with you after the break. This is attorney Bob Bergman.
1: Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman.
2: Hi, welcome back. I'm going to continue on with more questions and comments, and unless someone wants to call in and ask a question on the air, 800-516-1220. Um, here's, uh, oh, here's kind of a tough one here out of Southern California. person said, I'm the trustee of my parents' trust, which consists of a home and its contents, Mom recently passed and I need to sell the house to pay debts, including a mortgage. My brother was staying there and moved his adult son and daughter-in-law in and have now changed the locks and have already ransacked everything my mother's, even though I told him he was not to touch anything. He's even taken or sold specific gifts noted in the trust as being for someone else, and he's well aware of that fact. He's been served a notice to vacate, but my question is, how do I stop him from selling off everything in the meantime? Well, quite frankly, I don't know that there's any way to stop someone from doing that short of having uh, hiring uh, security, 24-7 security, to be outside of the property and stop him from removing things to sell it. But I will tell you in a situation like this, if this person can prove that the brother has been selling property that belonged to the mother, then he may have an obligation as the trustee to sue the brother for the value of the property that he sold to bring it back into the trust. And if he does that, he may very well be able to use any judgment to offset against any share the brother was to receive. Um, Very bad situation, and I'm sure it's a situation that happens more often than people really realize. Because, in my experience, there's a lot of times that there's family members that think they're entitled to things they're not actually entitled to just because they're family members. Not a good situation. Clearly, no communication of any value between the siblings. And the sibling trustee here is gonna have a hard time with this, especially since it looks like he has to try to evict his brother his nephew and nephew's wife from the property. Okay, here, Uh, question, what are the advantages and disadvantages of naming a revocable trust as the pay-on-death beneficiary of a bank account? Um, So here it says, uh, we have a little one and we want to name as beneficiary of our trust, but we're naming a bank as successor trustee. We don't want to place cash accounts directly into the trust, as we found that the tax bracket is higher for trusts. We figure this may be a good way to have our baby our inherit our assets with the bank as successor trustee. Well, let's start first with this: if you have a revocable living trust that owns any kind of a cash account or earns income of any kind. It is not the type of trust that has a higher tax bracket. Trusts that have higher tax brackets actually don't have higher tax brackets. The tax brackets are the same as for individuals, but the amount of income that triggers the tax bracket or the tax rate is a much lower amount than for individuals. And it's only trusts that are irrevocable trusts that are separate taxpayers from the creator of the trust that actually uh, have these, in effect, higher tax rates. In this case, while they're alive, if they put accounts into their trust, there's not going to be any kind of tax impact by doing that. However, after they pass away, if property goes in trust for their child, then yes... To the extent that income is not distributed out to the child or directly out for the benefit of the child, any income retained in the trust will be subject to trust rates, which are very, very compressed tax rates. You you actually end up in the highest marginal tax rate at about $12,500 of income. So that is a legitimate concern right there. Hey, uh, this person said, hey, I'm a single woman. I own a house and I want to leave my house to my sister. But I want to know that if she dies, I'd want it to go to a charity. Is it possible to do that? Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, It depends on whether you want to leave it to your sister um, after you die and then she can do what she wants with it. Or if you want to leave it to your sister so that she gets to live in it for her lifetime but then at her death it goes to a charity in the first case you just leave it to your sister through a trust and provide that if your sister died before you then it goes instead to charity in the latter case you would leave the property in trust to the sister you'd want to make sure that there's sufficient other monies or assets to pay for the upkeep Um, maintenance taxes insurance all those things on the trust or else provide that the sister has to pay for those herself in order to stay there and then you could provide that at the sister's death the property passes on to one or more charities that is a planning decision and it goes into the design of the estate plan Uh, so that's what uh, that's pretty much what you have to do there So, here, let's see um okay, it says uh here how we got sister just died after having dementia for years. um I talked to her and her boyfriend years ago about the necessity of putting her house in a living trust. Uh, after that, they did a quickie marriage and set up a trust. My sister promised to put me and or my son. Uh, in her will I presume that means the trust because I provided for our mom for over 20 years and helped her out with money over the years out of three children I'm the only one who took care of mom now sister and her husband are both terminally ill and then her with bad dementia she made a pact with her husband that whoever died first got everything Well, she died first Now, a few days ago, he died, and his family are swooping in like buzzards to take what I feel should belong to our side of the family. Well, the problem here is this person wants to know, can I contest this? Well, unless you had a written agreement with your sister that says uh, she agrees to put you in there to receive at least her share of the property, you're basically what we would call SOL, I don't need to. It's the first part is S out of luck. I think you can fill in what the S stands for. It's an unfortunate circumstance, but this kind of thing does happen all the time. Proper living trust planning would have hardwired in the intention of the sister to leave property to the sister who was still alive, but that clearly did not happen. Coming up on the... uh, first or excuse me the second break in the show today I want to remind you that you can call me in with uh, call me in <laughs> you can call in to me with with your questions uh, estate planning questions and I, I can answer them for you on the air it's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. 1220 you can email me at radio at lawbob.com if you'd like to ask a question that way for me to answer on the air I'd be happy to do that as well So when we get back uh, after the break, I'll go ahead and answer more questions and comments. I can see here some people have already registered for uh, at least one of the seminars next week. And that's great. So talk with you after the break.
1: Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio. Once again, your host, a estate planning, trust, and probate law specialist, attorney Bob Bergman.
2: Well, welcome back. We've uh, passed the midway point of the show today. I'm feeling good. I've got my uh, my information in front of me here. I've got my, uh, my uh, soda right here, my diet soda, and my water to kind of keep my throat lubricated. And I'm ready to finish up the show today. If you'd like to call, it's 800-516-1220. If I don't hear from anyone today, then I'll just keep sharing questions and comments from around the great state of California. So here, let's see. Ooh, this is actually a good question. It's it's really, a, it's kind of a general question. This person said, they're the trustee of a trust. Mom gave me the power as trustee to invest the trust money in whatever I think would be best for the beneficiaries of the trust. Beneficiaries are 13, 8 and 4 years old and will be able to get the money when they're 25 or for an emergency health reasons or education. My question is if I were to invest in property, how do I go about doing that? Right now it's sitting in an investment broker, do I just take it out and purchase the property Property would just go into the trust name. Would I need the trust instrument to prove I have the power to do so? Well, the real question I would have is: Is the money sitting with an investment broker? Is it in an account owned by Mom's trust? Um, if it's not in Mom's trust, it needs to end up in Mom's trust so that you can actually now start investing it for these beneficiaries, and the bene- the investments would be within the trust so that monies can be generated to provide for those needs that were identified, emergencies, health reasons, education. You wouldn't take it out of the trust because then you're not controlling it anymore, and it also is not really available anymore to give to and take care of those three minor beneficiaries. So the the bottom line is everything needs to start first being in the trust before anything else Is done here's a question Um, I'm the trustee of a revocable trust in California one asset is mom's home and on death the home transfers to me she has 40,000 in credit card debt the house is worth 700k with a 250k mortgage when she dies I'll transfer the home to my name as it states in her trust and then do I have to deal with what's left on her credit cards do I have to deal with their credit at all? Well, the short answer to that is absolutely you do. Anyone who inherits property from someone here in California, um, if they inherit it directly by pay on death, if they inherit it by through a trust or something like that, um, that is at least potentially subject to a claim by the creditor of the person who died. Um, that means that, yeah, you'll receive the property, but you. But if the unsecured credit card debt, if they want to come after you as the one receiving your mom's property by submitting a claim against her estate, then you really have to come up with a way to pay that. That's, uh, In other words, you don't just automatically get to wipe out mom's debt just because she left the property to you. So uh, you might have to refinance that mortgage. In fact, the mortgage might actually require you to refinance it anyway because you're not the original borrower. But um, debt, credit card debt doesn't automatically go away just because someone dies and they left their property through a trust to somebody. It doesn't really work that way. Okay, let's see here. Um, mother passed away owning a burial plot. She left no will. I'm the only son, and one of my uncles, her brother, does not want it, and her two sisters in their 90s, I can't locate. How is the deed transferred in this type of situation? Well, here's the deal. Um, depending, first of all, if there was no will, then you as the only son are the one who would inherit from your mother. Your uncle and your aunts really have nothing to do with the case. The second thing, though, is if there's an actual burial plot deed, the likelihood is that the value of that burial plot is less than $50,000 and and maybe even less than $150,000. So because of that, we have a small estate Um, procedure that's available in the probate law to take over things like this burial plot or a vacant lot somewhere, things like that. It will involve a petition to the court where your mom lived and resided. Um, It's not an extensive petition. What you're really just doing is telling the court, hey, here's property that my mom owned here in this county uh, she died. This is the value of the property. It's less than the 50000 And could you please, Judge, just enter an order. I am the only heir. I am her only son. I'm the heir under the law. And please just transfer an order uh, giving the property to me that I can then record and have the deed to that burial plot transferred over to me. That's a pretty straightforward thing to do. It will cost some money if you've never done it before. You might have to hire an attorney to uh, prepare the necessary petition for you, or with something like this, you might be able to find a local paralegal that could help you with that. Uh, And maybe the most expense will be the filing fee for the petition, which is probably going to be several hundred dollars. But at least there's a way to do it without a full-blown probate having to be done. Uh, Let's see. Here we got... um, my ex-husband borrowed money from my elderly parents. Um, there was always a stipulation this debt couldn't go away. Now they're in poor health and they need their retirement money. Uh, I've had to give them money slowly over time. Uh, it was originally 52000 with 8% interest. By the time he, the ex-husband, declared bankruptcy, he owed 72000 and my dad had the beginnings of dementia, so he doesn't know what to do or how to do it. Here's the problem. If this was an unsecured debt, meaning that it was just a promise to repay, not secured by any particular property like real estate or, or something like that, someone going through bankruptcy can completely, utterly wipe out unsecured debt as a matter of law which means, unfortunately, in this case, the parents will have no way to get back the money or have a claim to get back the money from their former son-in-law. He basically got the money, he spent it, and now he doesn't have to repay it because he's now bankrupt. The fact that he's bankrupt also suggests that he didn't have the money to repay it anyway. So it's unfortunate, but... That's exactly what happened. Now, here's a situation. Here's a situation that I'm sure comes up more frequently than people might realize. Okay, my aunt has a will from my grandmother. However, grandma decided to deed the house to me and my wife, and we'd like to sell the house. Does the fact that my aunt has a will stating the house goes to her supersede the deed with our names on it? Grandma's been dead for six years now. Well, I'll start with the assumption that Grandma signed the deed and gave it over to this grandchild and the grandchild's spouse while Grandma was still alive. Okay, I know, I know, that's a little bit silly, but clearly that's implicit here. Grandma transferred the property before she died. Now, in her will, she says, I want that property to go to... Um, go to my daughter, which is the aunt. But if grandma, when she died, no longer had that property, there's nothing to transfer to the aunt, uh, uh, the grandma's daughter, because she literally did not own the property anymore. So if it was transferred to the grandchild and the grandchild's spouse before grandma died, that's pretty much a done deal. And absent some kind of fraud or undue influence, or tricking grandma into doing that, or having grandma sign that deed when she was mentally incompetent, that's pretty much done and over. The will has no effect of any kind on that situation. Now here's a situation. This actually raises an issue about people making gifts to cares. Uh, aunt passed away and an amended trust, gave most of her estate to her caregiver, who is unrelated to the aunt. Caregiver was working for the aunt on the day she amended the trust to give her the property. There's an amendment that says if anyone contests it, they give up all claims to the trust. To the best of my knowledge, my aunt didn't receive legal counsel in accordance with California probate law. Could merely asking to see a certificate of counsel be considered a contest? Well, let's start first with just the preliminary question is, which is if someone who is elderly over age 65, and I assume that's the case, gives property by their will or trust to someone who's unrelated, and it's more than $5,000 in value, the presumption is that it is an invalid gift unless a certificate of independent review is obtained from an attorney who interviewed the person and is convinced the person knows exactly what they're doing and knows exactly why they're giving this caregiver some property if it's over $5,000 in value. Um, that That is a mandatory requirement in the absence of a certificate like that then the entire transfer can be set aside as invalid by the court. In a case like this, it might be considered a contest, but a contest only matters if you don't win. In this case, I think it's a winner. Talk with you after the break. This is estate planning attorney Bob Bergman.
1: This is Plan Your Estate Radio. With San Jose Estate Planning Attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: Hi, welcome back, Attorney Bob Bergman. Here, uh, this is the last segment of the show today. I thought I'd take a moment here and and introduce my uh, my sick child today, Sabrina. She's with me in the office today because uh, mommy, who's also a lawyer, had to go to a mediation in San Francisco. Normally works at home on Fridays, but couldn't do that today, so I got my baby girl Sabrina here with me. Sabrina, you want to say hi to the audience? Hello. Okay, so Sabrina, last week we, uh, where did we go uh, last week? We went to Disneyland. Did you have a good time there? Yes. Okay, now I know my audience is dying to know what was your favorite part of Disneyland when we went there last week. Um, I'm not really sure. There's a lot of good things okay, that yeah. happened. Okay, that's a but... lawyer's answer right there. I'm not really sure. <laughs> it's a lot of good things, and nothing sticks out. Was it the Was it the special desserts that they had? Mm. Was it the Guardians of the Galaxy ride? Well, for favorite ride during Halloween time, it's probably Monsters After Dark, which is just mm. Guardians. Of the Galaxy just at night, and they change, like, the picture you see, the music. Um, I think the drop pattern, too. Okay. Well, that turns out that's my wife's favorite ride is the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Uh, Especially she says, when her favorite music comes on. Yeah, her, like favorite, her favorite music song. is I Want You Back by the Jackson 5. And uh, when that comes on, she says that she's in her happy place. She can't think about anything else other than the ride, and she's not worried about anything in the past, not worried about anything in the future. Her mind is completely clear. I call that her Zen moment. Thank you, Sabrina. Uh, so I need to finish up the show, so why don't you go ahead and have a seat again and get back to doing what you're okay, doing. Okay, bye, guys. Okay. <laughs> So that's one of my my twin daughters. I actually have twins, Sabrina and Giovanna. Giovanna goes by Gigi. Uh, Gigi's at school today, and Sabrina's with me uh, in Daddy's office here where I can watch her and make sure she doesn't get into any trouble. Those of you who have kids, especially younger kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So uh, finishing up today, let's see if we can cover cover a couple more of these. By the way, I saw someone uh, actually... uh, Uh, register for the two seminars I have coming up on November 3rd, the Living Trust Seminar followed by the Retirement Plan Trust Seminar. Um, I urge you to, uh, if you're interested in either or both of those subjects, here's your chance to come and live, hear presentations live from an expert in both subjects. Uh, There's no charge for this. You can register through Eventbrite. You can go look up on my website at lawbob.com. You can click through um, a link on the homepage that takes you to a page where you can look at a calendar and see the dates and the times and the different seminars coming up all the way through December of this year. I've got um, seminars in November and I have one on the calendar for December so far. So please feel free to do that if you'd like to. Um, Okay, here. What if the lawyer hired failed to disclose the fact that they were married to the trustee who was stealing assets from you? Wow. Wow, 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 wow. So it sounds like the trustee of a trust hired the trustee's own spouse to handle the trust administration and didn't disclose that there was actually this marital relationship. Uh, Personally, I would think that there's grounds to go to court, have the trustee removed for failure to disclose that fact, Um, and especially if they're stealing things, failure to disclose that fact and that they're stealing assets. And I think the lawyer who was hired who failed to disclose that fact um, might very well be subject to discipline from the bar for um, for acting in such a way and, and actually enabling the spouse acting as the trustee to perhaps get away with things. That's a very serious situation. And uh, if something like that walked in my door, uh, I have a local attorney here, that I would definitely refer them to immediately someone who does nothing but probate and trust litigation. Because I don't actually do that myself. But I think it's very likely that there's going to be some serious explaining to do about that. So here, um, someone says, I'm going into surgery in two weeks. I don't have family, but I own three acres of property in California with a home which I owe very little on. I'd like to have somebody have it in the event of my death, but I don't have a living trust or anything like that. Quite frankly, I'm not sure who I'd like to have my things when I die. But in a pinch I was wondering what I can do so the state of California does not take it. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, If this person has no family and they die, then their property would probably end up going to the state of California eventually. What I would tell this person is, if you don't have time to do anything else, download the statutory will form from the State Bar of California website, fill it out, name somebody or some charity, have it signed, dated, and witnessed, and then have it in a safe place where someone knows where it is, and then at least it's going to go to somebody other than the state of California. And I'm a big fan of that. So, Uh, Shows seem to fly by real fast today. I hope you learned some new things. I hope you consider coming to one of my seminars, which will be a week from tomorrow, November 3rd. I also have other one on November 10th and one's coming up in December. So until next Friday, hoping to talk with you then. This is estate planning attorney Bob Bergman broadcasting from San Jose, California from my office. And I hope you have a great weekend talk with you next week.
1: You've been listening to Plan Your Estate Radio with estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. For more information on today's program or to schedule a consultation, visit lawbob.com, where you'll also find information on his upcoming estate planning seminars. LAWBOB, lawbob lawbob.com, or call his office in San Jose, 408-247-0444. That's 408-247-0444. And be sure to tune in next week for more Plan Your Estate Radio.
0: Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of this station and are for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be legal, financial, or tax advice. Seek appropriate legal advice regarding your particular situation. Attorney Bob Bergman does not offer any guarantees with regard to the outcome of your legal matter. Prior results in other cases do not guarantee a similar outcome in your case. All rights.